And all that waiting, all that struggling must have been difficult. And then when he got on ship, he persuaded his wife to come along, and uh, she was expecting a, a baby, and she persuaded her sister to come along to give help uh, in the future birth of the baby. But when they got on ship, the captain of the ship got to the Isle of Wight, and he told the passengers, you have to get off. You can't go any further because it would contravene the laws of the East Indian Company. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us as we bring you the message of the Lord Jesus through His own written Word. We believe in the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible as God's revelation to men, that it contains all that we need to know for faith and practice, and anyone that goes beyond the Bible has stepped out of true Orthodox Christianity. Private opinions, men's ideas, all peel into insignificance when we come to the written word of the living God, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Make sure that you stick to the Bible. Make sure that your faith is grounded and founded in the essential truths of the gospel according to the Scriptures. Uh, Paul said that Christ died according to the Scriptures and that he rose again according to the Scriptures. And so whether people come along with their own ideas, revelations, speaking in tongues and claiming fanciful ideas, back to the Bible. That's the Protestant Christian's hallmark of truth and of orthodoxy. So may the Lord bless you today as you've joined with us here on Let the Bible Speak, and I trust that there will be a word for your own heart and that you will be encouraged in these times. If I can be of any personal help, make sure you be in touch, and I look forward to your email or your call, and you'll get all the details at the close of the program on how you can be in touch with us here. Now, on the program today, we have a message on Proverbs 13, hope, hope for the Christian, hope for the child of God, and praise God, there's hope for the sinner. Then we have a hymn by Amanda Reed singing, How Deep the Father's Love. Then we turn to Genesis chapter 5, and we have a second observation on that chapter for you. So, again, stay with us right to the end of the program. Don't touch that dial. Don't go away. And don't be afraid to open your heart to the written Word of God. As today, from the pulpit of our church here, we let the Bible speak. And so, this is the cry of the Christian that we might have victory. Now, there's another passage in the New Testament, and I think I know my audience tonight. Everybody here knows the passage. Romans 7, Paul said, the things that I would, I do not. And the things that I would not, that I do. Now, that, believe it or not, is not Paul before conversion. That is Paul 20 years or more after conversion. 
So he's a mature Christian. He's the outstanding gospel leader in the New Testament, and he makes this confession. Even still, because of my fleshly limitations, there are things I do I shouldn't. And there are things that I should be doing that I don't do them. And that is a great admission. And it shows you the need for spiritual power, the need for prayer, and the need for victory. And when you get to Romans 8.1, you will find the apostle brought into victory. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. And there's the victory ground, walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh. And so that's the place we want to live. There's where we want to be. There's where we need communion with God and fellowship with the Lord. That's why we need to be much in prayer, much in the Word. Come to the prayer meetings of the church. Be in fellowship with God's people, because you want to walk in the Spirit. That's the goal of the Christian. And even yet, there will be times we will have to lament with the Apostle Paul, there are things I would I do not and the things I would not, that do I. And not until that day when we are glorified with Christ shall we be free, because we're in a land where there is no more curse, no more temptation, no more devil, no more of the inner nature that's inclined to sin, no more striving against the flesh, because we're in the land of glory. And so, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you're living with constant bad habits, living constantly offending people with your tongue, living constantly defeated, you're going to be miserable. But when the blessing comes, the victory comes, it's a tree of life. What a release! What joy! What victory in your own soul! What a testimony you will be. Now, one more area here the hope of a place of service for Christ. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What are we hoping for? Well, I'm suggesting here that as a Christian, you are praying, Lord, lead me to a place of Christian service, a place where I can be hooked in and useful in God's kingdom, and I'm longing for that looking for a church. After conversion, every new believer needs a church home. You see, we tell the sinner the church can't do anything for you, but we tell the new convert, now that you're a young believer, you need the fellowship, the ministry, the f nourishment of the church. And it's God's will for you to be identified with the church by baptism, to serve in that church and worship Him. And that now must be the desire of the new Christian, a place to worship, a place to fellowship, and a place to serve. Some over time, uh, for me it was about two years after I was converted, a place to serve in full-time service. 
That now becomes a new challenge. I want to give my whole life, I want to give my whole time to the service of the Lord and to the gospel. But will he open a door? And when you're a student, you go through, in most cases, three, four, maybe five years of pastoral training uh, and an internship for a little bit of experience. Uh, that's how it's done these days. And all of those years, you're hoping for a door of service. And of course, every young man in that situation will be praying along the way, and, and they're exhorted to pray. Now, God has a people somewhere that you will serve and, and minister to. And here you are preparing for that day of service. You need to pray that God somehow brings that together. Somehow that people learn of your ministry, and you learn of their needs, and they come together. That's how it ought to happen. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. I've done all this training. I've gone through all this period of preparing, and here I am. That's difficult. And then, when the Lord opens the door, it's as the tree of life. It brings now all of that waiting is now a wonderful way of opportunity. You read of William Carey, the Baptist missionary, and you will find that in his burden to reach the nations with the gospel, he was rejected many times by his own Baptist church and circle. And they told him, you know, you, you can't go and preach to those people. It's never going to work. And he had to go to another missionary board, uh, the Baptist Missionary Society it became known as, and they took him on to go to India to preach the gospel. And all that waiting, all that struggling must have been difficult. And then when he got on ship, he persuaded his wife to come along, and uh, she was expecting a, a baby, and she persuaded her sister to come along to give help uh, in the future birth of the baby. But when they got on ship, the captain of the ship got to the Isle of Wight, and he told the passengers, you have to get off. You can't go any further, because it would contravene the laws of the East Indian uh, Company. I don't know all the laws that they were contravening, but the captain refused to take them any further. And so this was June, and it wasn't until November that he eventually arrived in India by ship, by another ship. And all of these wait. And you assume that if you're in the will of God, just everything falls into place wonderfully. But even William Carey had to persevere. And his ministry did become, yes, a tree of life. He translated the Bible into Bengali, Oriya, Assamese, Arabic, Marathi, Hindi, and Sanskrit. How's that for linguistics? My, that, that, that was his life's work. And I, from memory, I believe that his first interpreter was his first convert. The ministry was blessed of God. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, 
it is as a tree of life. So don't give up. Don't lose the vision of serving the Lord. It may not be that door you expected. It may not be that manner in which you dreamed. But if you put yourself at God's disposal, he will use you. Now, I move on to one more at least. I have two in my notes. I'll preach this one for sure. The hope of revival for the church. We all love Reformation time, and we love learning about Martin Luther and the various reformers and the amazing turnaround of nations from medieval darkness to the liberties of the gospel, Protestantism in its heyday, and to read and learn of those things just stirs our hearts. And it has pleased God in various periods of church history to send revivals. The main outstanding revivals, when you think of that after the Reformation, then came the Puritan period. That was more of a, a, an establishing and a refining of what the Reformation accomplished. But by the 1700s, deism came upon England, and many were basically atheists. God raised up George Whitfield and John and Charles Wesley, and God transformed England. While France had rebellion and bloodshed, England had revival, and that is a tremendous history. 1859, we all know, is the year when revival came to New York, Wales, uh, Ireland, and other parts of the world. It's, it's the big year of revival. Then there was the Civil War in the United States, and you have the ministry of D.L. Moody. The man, when he went to the super Sunday school intendant to say, I want to teach boys and girls. And they said, well, we don't have a class for you. You'll have to go and get your own kids. And he did. He went out into the streets, and he got the dirty, unkempt kids, the worst you could imagine, brought them to the church, and they put him to work to teach those boys and girls. And he persevered. You see, I think that's what this text is telling us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When we persevere, we enjoy the blessing. Now, back to revival. We learn these things. We hear these things. But you know what? In all of the 20th century, the Western world has not seen revival. That's the dark century in the Western world. Now, God has been working in South America. He's been working in Asia and other parts of the world. Korea, South Korea, is one of the, the, the most amazing missionary-sending nations. Singapore as well. I think Sam could testify of that. What God has done in those nations is just remarkable. We're now in the 21st century. Will we see revival? Are we burdened for it? 
Are we longing that God will revive his church and turn this day of immoral wickedness that men will seek the Lord? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It is a heavy burden. But we must take it to the Lord, asking him that he will give us this blessing, this desire of our hearts, that the church again will become as a tree of life. Revivals have happened through the ages. We need to pray again that God will visit us. I close with the Lord's return. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, the return of the Lord Jesus. I knew a man who was a radio listener. He's now in glory. I used to visit in his home about every month. And I remember standing at the porch of his home, just outside the door, and he looked up. And with tears in his eyes, he wept. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Now, he had not long before gone through the loss of his wife. And you can understand that a gentleman at that age, the loss of his wife, he longs for heaven. He longs for home. And, of course, the Lord has taken him home. In Romans 8, it talks about the earth groaning until the day of redemption. That's true when you think of earthquakes and volcanoes and so on, but it's also true in the Christian's heart. There is a yearning and longing for that day of redemption when Christ will come. And all the promises and all the hopes of the Christian life will be fulfilled in an instant when we are taken up into the air with glorified bodies. I think if we spent as much time meditating on heaven as we do on the next home we're going to live in, or the next stage in our lives here on earth, we too would be filled with this expectation and hope. What is the church's cry to the hope of Christ's return? Well, in Revelation 22, it is, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Just as you've said, just as you've revealed. And of course, the book of Revelation is all about the Lord speaking to his church that he's going to come. And there's going to be the sounding of the trumpets. There's going to be the coming of the angels. There's going to be the destruction of the devil. There's going to be the gathering out of his people. And there will be a white judgment throne. The wicked shall be cast out, but the righteous shall be taken home. And the church says in answer, even so, just as you've put it, Lord, let it come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And that's the final amen of the Christian. Between now and the day that we leave this world, or the day that Christ returns, we don't know which, there's going to be difficulties and hardships, trials. We live in a fallen world. 
There will be sickness, disease, bereavements. There will be times of tears and sorrow. But as a Christian, we don't lose the hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is as a tree of life. It will be blessed on that day when we see Christ. And we shall eat of that tree that healeth the nations. Adam sinned by the fruit of a tree. We will be satisfied by that tree spoken of in Revelation. And so tonight, don't lose your hope. Don't lose the thrill of being a Christian. Don't give up in difficulties. When the desire cometh, it will be a tree of life. You will be satisfied when you see Christ. listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and I appreciate this opportunity to open the book, to share with you the riches of our God and our Savior, and I pray that there will be a great blessing to your own soul. If you are seeking the way of salvation, I can be of some help, I trust. If you wish to send for literature, give me an email, a phone call, I'll be delighted to help you in your search to know the Lord. I want to recommend to you our weekly Bible study notes, and presently we are in the book of Genesis. This is the book of God's beginnings, 
and I am dealing with this chapter by chapter, issue by issue, uh, dealing with the patriarchs, the history of the world from creation, the fall, the pre-flood, and then we'll get to Noah. Today we are in chapter 5, and here you have a genealogy of many of the big names between Adam and Noah. We have this genealogy which spans between the first man who was created and the first man who began the new world after the flood. Now, confirmation is given to God's work of creation on day six, making man in his own image and making them male and female. Chapter 5, 1 begins with the word. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. And so we have here the word create, and it's the same term as used in Genesis 1 verse 1 for the creation of the earth. And it's just a confirmation. We've had this information before, chapter 1, chapter 2, but for our learning, it's stated again. So God took dust from the ground and made the physical body of Adam, and God blessed him. He and his wife Eve were the apple of his eye and the focus of God's love. And God breathed his life into their bodies and gave them a soul. The name Adam, by the way, means red. The term is also used for the red earth. The first man would have had a ruddy or reddish complexion. And so these are not just trivia, but they are essential truths that we learn here about God creating man, male and female, and how he placed him in the earth. Now, the genealogy of Cain ended in chapter 4. The line of Cain, which ends there, had an ungodly Enoch, a builder of a city after his own name. And it had a very ungodly Lamech, the man of many wives, the anarchist. And that line has no part in the promised Savior. Here in chapter 5, we are introduced to the line of Seth. And Seth means substitute. And so Seth was God's replacement given to Adam and Eve in the stead of Abel, who had been slain by his wicked brother Cain. And so we learn these uh, truths and these realities right here in God's Word. I trust that you will send for these notes, that you will get them from our website. Uh, you can go there to ltbs.ca to resources, Bible studies, Genesis, and you can print these out on PDF format, and they'll be help to you for personal study, for group study, or for... Uh, that purpose of studying the Word of God. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. 
located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word. Music